Hello and welcome to the Foreign Influence Podcast. I am Bill. And I am Nikolai. And I am still here in beautiful Peoria, Illinois. A little bit of thunderstorms on the way. Nikolai, where are you? I am no longer in sunny Singapore, sir. Oh I my moved. God. I have moved to not so sunny, not so warm, not so humid uh, <laughs> Paris, France, where uh, life is great, but also it's also very rainy and cold. Cold. Uh, especially for yeah it's cold man it's been cold these last few days it's been like i don't know 20 celsius oh uh, wow sweater yeah. weather sweater weather you know we so are we- sitting at about uh 28 here sometimes getting some 30s but uh oh that's okay that's yeah. not so bad yeah no no it's just regular regular summer weather so we are both back where we came from before yes, we went sir. on that glorious adventure to singapore glorious <laughs> So we figured we would talk a little bit about our time in Singapore. I'll go first. Yes. Uh, I'll I'll lay this out here. All right. I'll say that Singapore was the freest unfree place I could imagine. Wow. So many freedoms there. Uh, You can do many things from uh, business growth, business development. The internet is not heavily censored in any kind of meaningful way. There's some stuff to protect the morals of the little children's. But other than that, it's pretty open. It's not like China or anything like that. By the way, just for everybody, Singapore is not a city in China, just to lay that out. But the lack of uh, press freedoms and political freedoms by the end of six years there was driving me batshit crazy. And, oh, so uh, we're doing this, eh? We're, we're, it's, it, is this the episode where we tell the truth about Singapore? Uh, our <laughs> truth. We're going to speak our <laughs> truth. Oh, we're going to speak. Well, I identify as a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> so anything I say going forward must be weighed with the fact that I identify as a unicorn. Your mental health is established, and right. we, we will move on from there. But yeah, um, I mean, look, it's gorgeous, right? It's Island on the equator, mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, what's what's not to like? Uh, <laughs> it, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's nice. It's clean. It's sunny. It's tropical. Everything is super convenient. Yeah. Uh, so you live a life. At least, I mean, as expats, I should say, you live yep. a life of privilege, uh, relative luxury, uh, probably. Right. You have your nice great condo with a pool or you have a house with a private pool you have usually have a a domestic worker yep at least we did so that's someone who lives at your home who does everything for you that you don't want to do yourself uh cleaning cooking shopping uh child care you know basically everything and who works uh 24 7 basically if you demand that Right. If you demand that, uh, six days a week, which was a pretty novel innovation when we moved there about six years ago, that the government finally came out and said that these domestic workers, maids, helpers, people use a lot of variety of words for them so that they're comfortable, that they only had to work six days a week. And this was a major innovation. Words uh, to make them comfortable. What does that mean? To make the people who employ them comfortable. Oh, what, what should they call them? Uh, the slave labor. I don't like that word. How about prisoner <laughs> with job? Oh, prisoner. <laughs> that's oh, okay. That's good. It's a compound noun, but it gets most closely to it. Sure. You know what? Let's start with, with what they call foreign domestic worker culture. Right. For expats. Look, this is a class issue. Well, not entirely. So many middle-class Singaporeans can afford foreign domestic workers, home maids as well. And why is that? Because Singapore allows these people from the extremely poor economies surrounding them, uh, primarily what, Philippines, mm-hmm. uh, Indonesia, uh, who am I forgetting? Um, sometimes Myanmar, right? Uh, yeah. To come in and work for wages that uh, by Western standards certainly are extraordinarily low. Yeah, so you would have a live-in maid for uh what's the minimum wage that people sometimes pay them was it because we was it like 350 sing or 
were no, we were we overpaying? Surely more than that. Surely more than that. Like like six hundred Singapore dollars. I would oh, say. if if you were on the far outside high end, so we were paying much more than that even. Yeah, because uh, you know we tried to financially provide uh, for for the person that we employed. Um, you know, out of out of moral obligation, sort of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but m- many people don't necessarily strive towards that, and they pay the very minimum. So they pay, even though right now, because of COVID and all of the restrictions placed on um, the import uh, of uh, new foreign domestic workers, prices have been going up. But people pay as low as five hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, five hundred sounds about right. And uh, so that so that's in euros. That's about three hundred, three hundred, three hundred fifty euros in U.S. dollars. That would be. I just uh, I just calculated it two thousand U.S. dollars per month. You get a person that works six days a week, you know, unlimited hours, but you know, hopefully, right around twelve, ten. That's not that's not two thousand U.S. Right? Yeah, per per month, per month. So like five hundred. Yeah. So you said like seven hundred, right? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Singapore dollars. Yeah. Right. A month. So that's yes. about five hundred. Let's make it a nice easy number five five hundred U.S. dollars. Uh, right per month. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Per yeah, month. yeah. 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 Losing my mind. Losing your losing your. Uh, yeah. If it's too low, like for your mind, <laughs> your bread was, Yeah. So it's it it's to be like a, a, a daily price. It's four times as bad as I was just saying. <laughs> okay. So it's five hundred U.S. bucks a month. Right. 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 To hire so a human being. Right. To work six days a week, 10 hours a day, if you're nice. And in other words, you're wondering, yes, you can employ several. <laughs> yes. yes, you yes. can. Yes. I know that people are doing some quick calculations there. Um, they so must live with you. They are right. not allowed to live in their own house. No, and you must, you must feed them. You must feed them. You, however, can control their comings and goings. You right. are allowed yep. to forbid them from leaving the house. Yes, that's perfectly normal behavior yeah. for some people. Right. Uh, I've had I've had friends tell me you shouldn't let them leave the house. We heard the so, same. So, so anecdotally, I asked uh, someone, uh, well, an acquaintance, when I first moved to Singapore, like how I should approach uh, the whole issue, and he was like, "Well, you should." This is what he told me, and this sort of illustrates the mindset that some people have. And this was uh, an expat uh, from Australia. He told me, uh, you should uh, get one fresh off the boat. Oh, we heard this too. Someone with no experience on the local job market because they don't know what their rights and what their rights are and what to expect. So you can tell them to do whatever. Then he told me what we do is we don't um, allow for her to go out uh, because, you know, if you let them go out, they will only get pregnant. Uh, uh, so, that's, yeah. so that's useless. You shouldn't let them go out. And we don't allow her to have a phone of any kind because anyway, she doesn't go out. So she doesn't need a phone because we're right there. And then once a week on Sunday, uh, which she also works, she didn't have any days off. We would let her use the computer and FaceTime her family for one hour. And you might be thinking this is a complete outlier. Uh, I want to say that this is the median employer, uh, but it ain't far from the median on the low end. No, I uh, think it's really not far. I mean, anecdotally, I've also heard people ask, people told me that people in there, because you have to go through this training to- uh, The government requires you hire one, mm-hmm. right? And, and the, one of the people in the group asked, how, how much am I obliged to feed my helper <laughs> if I- if I provide a, a, a bowl of rice a day, is that sufficient? But, uh, but you know, that, the instructions do get that specific. Like they say, here's how much you need to provide in terms of calories per day. And here's what that looks like. And it like details something like a small piece of meat X size and one like lump of rice. Because apparently a certain number of people are tempted to feed their domestic helpers far below that. Yeah, if there's explicit rules on these things, it means there was trouble, right? Right. It means they 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 needed to specify, right? 
this information for people not to fuck it up, which is very sad. So I'm I'm of two minds on this. Um, first of all, I think I think in our so we did decide to get a domestic helper. Mm-hmm. Um, Same here. We decided, you know, to to treat her well, to treat her as a normal human being who happened to live with us as a as a not really a member of the family because we wanted to keep some distance between us and her for our son. But we, you know, with all the respect um, that we think we ought to treat people with, um, we tried to pay her um, a good salary, uh, allowed her, I think, for all the freedom she required to have a life next to uh, her job. So we did not require her to work 10 hours a day, for example. Uh, We set up a pretty easy schedule initially like you need to do this in the morning and then this and basically our idea was we need help um in caring for our son um because you know you don't have any other system in place so you might need some help with that right so doing stuff no around family that, like, right yeah. right no yeah. family there's nothing to rely on so you need a helping hand daycares are and, rare um, because this other system yeah. exists right Exactly. So help with that and help with the shopping and the cooking. That was about it. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, Sundays off and uh, plenty of opportunity to go back home uh, to see her family and children. So uh, this is the other dimension I wanted to bring up is they needed your permission to leave the country. Yes. So they needed to ask for you. Uh, you needed to approve. Um but just your point right there, why do they do this? Why do they do this? Because their countries are incredibly poor. They go to a richer country. They're earning more money, crazily enough, than they could back in their home country. And they send, at least in the case of both of our helpers, they sent all of their money back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. To help their families. And, and, and they, they have kids, like you said. They have they, many have kids. They care for their family through enormous personal sacrifice. Yes, uh, and I and I have the utmost respect for that. I I, I really do, and I think it's uh, it's a shame to see how how poorly some people treat them, yeah. and 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 how little respect uh, they are given um, by, unfortunately. But perhaps not the majority, but but a significant percentage of uh, the employers, the people who employ them, and also I I feel by society as a whole, uh, I think they are they are seen as second class citizens. Um, I will always remember when we, so I'm 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 not mentioning her name here on purpose, obviously, because right. I want to protect her privacy. But I remember when we took uh, our helper uh, to a restaurant to celebrate her birthday. Because uh, we all want to celebrate it together, and we, uh, you know, we asked for a cake and for a birthday song and everything at the end. And the waiters came out and they were looking like, "Who is this for?" He said, "Well, it's for her." And they were clearly uncomfortable. Yeah, they were clearly uncomfortable, and we loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well done, we loved, sir. We loved it. We were like, Did you notice how uncomfortable they were singing <laughs> for you? <laughs> <laughs> did she say anything she didn't say anything but yeah. Uh, yeah we had a lot of fun we like to fuck with it a little bit yeah but you know if the, you're with right the, on the second class citizenship social um, expectations you know and and, and i but, think there's a lot of sense that these people should just be grateful that we let them in at all to do this work for us i i, I think we should be grateful that these people are willing to help us uh build a life where we can pursue our dreams rather than be submerged in, uh, in, in, in daily tasks and yep. burdens uh, that would basically prevent one of the parents from working, right? Um, and again, to give you the sense of the power differential here, um, you can get up in the morning as an employer and say, you know what? I don't like her anymore. And by the way, it has to be a woman. They're the only ones who can work as foreign domestic workers inside the houses. You can wake up in the morning and say, I don't like her anymore. 
and you can walk into her tiny little room. Some people used to have them hang out like in closets, right? That's where they slept. And they can say, I have fired you. I am driving you to the airport in 20 minutes, pack your things, and you can put them on a plane and send them home. Yeah, yeah, and 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 destroy their lives, basically. Yes. You're also allowed... You're no also no to, appeal. Yeah, no appeal. <laughs> no, you're like also, calling the authorities and saying they're throwing me out of the country. Right, no, no, none of that. And, and you can also refuse for her to find another employer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have to sign off on any job change, and you can refuse to sign the letter, and then they have to go home. Yep. And their children won't have food; they won't be able to go to school, and and all of that good stuff, right? So you destroy their lives and the and lives of their entire family. Let's keep adding it on, and let's mix in the male half of foreign, what are called foreign workers now. Technically, we were kind of foreign workers, but the lower income workers who were brought workers. in from poorer countries. I know in our cases, it was oh, yeah. pretty funny, but our wives worked enough for both of us. Uh, the males are brought in from these various poorer countries to work construction jobs, and it's only men. And uh, in all cases, uh, they sometimes pay huge upfront fees to people who connect with the Singaporean system for them to get them into the country and get these jobs. And to their credit, the Singaporean government has taken steps at different times to crack down on unreasonable levels of these fees. But they do. Sometimes they pay fees to get the opportunity, and it takes them months just to pay off the fees before they've made a single buck back. Now imagine you get sent home. In that yeah, context, that's, that's just horrible, right? Yeah, it's just horrible. Yeah, and uh, I've heard stories of uh, some foreign domestic workers not being able to to send money home for you know for like six months. Wow! Uh, because of these fees, because of these agency fees, and yeah, that that's really and of course they have no they have no rights uh, of any kind. You know, they're even not they're not even really protected by law. Uh, so I remember, um, I remember when uh, we did the training. There was it was explicitly mentioned during the training that if your helper should die, if I'm not mistaken, you had to report it within 24 hours. <laughs> oh my god! So because somebody didn't. So obviously, we were joking around. We were making jokes like, like you come home one day, huh? She's dead. Want to go for lunch? <laughs> you know, it's like. Uh, we got 24 hours, we're good, right? But how crazy is that? Right? Why, why didn't she do the dishes before that? Yeah. And of course, at first you think, well, there must be like a technicality or something, or maybe it's not, you know, maybe maybe it's a, it's a weird turn of phrase or something. But then you see what happens yeah. in the rare cases where stories of someone killing their helper. Yeah. Which has happened. Or sometimes getting killed by their helper after months, if not years, of abuse. Or, or yeah, exactly. Or you know, there have been stories while we were there of, of people starving their helper. Uh, yeah. There was someone who threw their helper from the balcony, I think, and she died. And if you look at the some helpers climb out on roofs or edges. The, why? Why would you do that? Because your employer asks you to climb climb on a ledge well i mean just jump like they're desperate yeah but but if you look at the punishment that these people face it's it's ridiculous yeah they don't they do not face the death penalty which is i haven't seen any i might be mistaken if i'm mistaken and anyone listens to this and they know of, of a case where an employer who accidentally or purposely murdered their helper faced the death penalty Right, which is the penalty by you know the the required penalty for Still murder. Still the law in Singapore, yeah, uh, but not if you kill your helper. A- and the United States, but shh. yeah, and a couple other great crunch- countries <laughs> for the freedom. Um, but you know, like it's like it's crazy. You can just you can you can they can you can get away with killing a helper. You will be punished, but not. It's not the same punishment as if you were to kill a citizen. 
So, so let's do this, though, to kind of wrap up the discussion on, on foreign help. The, the government does prosecute people who do these abuses, right? You, you, yeah, absolutely. You, absolutely. You, read, yeah. you read about the cases in, in the news. Right. There. Yeah. Uh, they do pass minimum requirements. It's shocking that those are needed, but I guess worst case scenarios eventually require it. They, right. they right. make you go through a training. Uh, they do try to intervene with rules. Like I said, they finally came out with the no Sunday rule. Um, some people get around that by simply paying the worker a little bit more and then they make them work seven days a week. Uh, but, uh, they came out with the no Sunday rule. They, so they, they have come out with these things over time to compensate for the utter lack of power that that these people face and the desperate circumstances that would take them away from their families to send all that money back in the form of remittances because their their countries are so poor hmm. um so i mean they they take steps but there's no doubt that one of the strangest everyday aspects of life in singapore uh was this kind of foreign domestic worker element and again look these folks are affordable to like middle-class singaporeans right um, right right yeah uh, it's a very common thing while we did really enjoy a privileged upper-class experience what we're discussing here is very much a middle-class experience uh as well in singapore yeah for sure yeah for sure so um yeah that 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 was a big one right that was a big one about life in singapore uh, the advantages and definitely warts of that system and what it reveals about human nature <laughs> yeah <laughs> in many yeah. cases mm. um, oh what else oh I did talk about politics so uh, again Singapore has been ruled by one party since its founding 50 plus years ago the People's Action Party uh, the People's Action Party has managed to secure just about every reign of normal political power. Uh, the, they've got the press very much under control. Uh, they change election rules as necessary to tamp down opposition. Um, they, they do all of these things in order to stay in power. And of course, the counter argument there is they do come up for elections. They hold elections. Mm -hmm. um, the election rules are extremely difficult for opposition parties to work in, uh, but they do hold elections, um, and they well, have very, somehow managed to stay in power for all these years. But it's very difficult to form an, to be an opposition politician, right? Though in Singapore, because of, that basically destroys your life, though. So there's one of the other aspects of it, <laughs> for sure. You can choose to be part of the opposition. Uh, but your opportunities will be limited in numerous ways because even though it's five and a half million people, it's really quite a small island. Um, and there's nowhere else to go. You can't like say I've had it and move over to the other city. There is no other city. You have to leave your country. Uh, so it's, it's a very difficult place to be in the opposition. Um, cause you, you risk a lot now, not since the early days, do you risk arbitrary arrest? Um, there are a couple of cases where they locked up communists for like decades, uh, when, uh, in the, again, in the early days under a law, by the way, that the British put in place when they were the colonists, <laughs> when they were running the show. Uh, but yeah, uh, but outside of don't screw with the fact that the People's Action Party runs the place, it's incredibly free, which oh, yeah, was sure. always such a difficult contradiction for me. It's incredibly free. People always seem to think that it's, uh, it's well, and this especially came up with conversations around COVID and the pandemic and the way the pandemic mm. was handled. People were saying, yeah, but, but you know, you live in a, in a in a totalitarian regime it's a dictatorship and you know you cannot possibly compare the way the pandemic was handled there to the way it's being handled in france or in the united states which is un untrue 
that's it, it it's not a totalitarian regime it's not right. you're very you're really very free your freedoms are just um guided in the right direction <laughs> you know? especially guided around the maintenance of the people's action party in power right and stability yes so there shall harmony, be no right? chaos there shall be no chaos yeah. right and 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 you shall think of the future and the prosperity and the harmony of the of the people of singapore before thinking of yourself that's a good way to frame it right everything else is more important than you as an individual which of course for us westerners sometimes you know can be a bit difficult to grasp right uh, at first to get your head around freedom freedom baby freedom. um but but yeah so so the government helps you enjoy your freedom <laughs> in the way that is most suitable for you <laughs> well most suitable to the proper maintenance of the country right right and yes which and many eastern intellectuals argue that 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 is easternism for the lack of a better word right is huh. country nationality first you know whatever man if you want to argue that hey, kind that's of not entirely i mean okay so hold, the, i mean i i know a bunch of singaporeans <laughs> <laughs> that I've gone drunk with, and I can tell you they're pretty individualistic. You're going to name strong. them, are you? Is that what this no. is about? <laughs> no, and they have strong opinions on politics in the country that are not far removed from what we're saying. Right. You know? Um, but thou shalt not speak. Exactly. So you don't... So, like, I'll give you a concrete example, one that always stuck with me, is there is no right to protest. Uh-uh. Not going to happen. And there was an example set by some, quite frankly, very brave people. Because again, if you're going to choose to be part of the opposition and cross the powers that be, you have nowhere to go. And they chose to do a protest by getting onto one of the trains, subways, and a book, an opposition book, I don't even remember the book, but they took a picture of themselves, five of them lined up, sitting on the train with the book in front of their faces. So oh dear. a book critical. They did everything they could to hunt these people down mm. for doing a quote-unquote protest on right. the train. Which is ridiculous. Sitting right? quietly with the book in front of their faces. That's crazy. That's unreasonable protest. Well, it's like, you know, like these um, um, transgender uh, activists that showed up uh, in front of parliament, I think. Oh, really? This must have happened uh, in the past year when I a couple uh, of months ago, yeah, yeah, uh, when you were, when you had already left. Basically, hey, listen, there was a lesbian, a gay guy, and a unicorn, and they were holding signs, and they were arrested within five minutes. Yes, right, seriously, and 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 the sign said something like "equal rights, love everyone," you know, something along those lines, something that everyone agrees with, and they were that they were asked once to leave. Because they were holding an illegal. Oh, assembly. they were given an opportunity. Okay. Yes, they were given one opportunity to leave, and then they were arrested, and it all happened within five minutes. Wow! Right, like you take out a sign, you're going to prison. Like, right, you don't. You need to have a permit to, yeah, uh, not to protest, uh, but to you know, for any sort of to gathering, gather, right? yep, gather outside, um, and. You know, of course, the government issues <laughs> the, right uh, the permit. So if there's, you need to give you know your your personal information, the 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 the, the stated reason of your gathering, etc. So you know, it's like what well, you'll get. What are you going to write down? Way. Right? What are you going to write? What are you going to write down? We are going to overthrow the People's <laughs> Action Party. Uh, right. Request denied. <laughs> Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And then if you show up, you, you you know straight to prison. Yeah, pretty much. And then fuck around with with prison sentences when it comes to that. Like, uh, and again, it's it is peace and stability, uber alles. That is the main driving force. I would argue it, it's not. And let's be clear, it's not like garden 
corruption, Gardenville corruption here either. We aren't no, talking no, about stability not. like you might see in one of the Middle East dictatorships, right? Mm. Where we got to keep a lid on things because the upper echelons are like beyond horribly corrupt. It's not like that. Not uh, at all. No. They really do come at it from the perspective of we are trying to grow a prosperous economy in a perilous position on the planet uh, that works for everybody ultimately. And that is actually one of the things I admire. The PAP kind of came up as a left-wing party. Oh, yeah, for sure. But used capitalist approaches of attracting Fortune 500 right. companies and things like that to create a country that is immensely prosperous, especially compared to its neighbors. And it makes sure that everybody gets a slice of that prosperity. The most famous example are the, is the Housing Development Board, HDB Flats. Everybody gets a roof. Mm -mm. Everybody gets a roof over their head. Now, of course, sometimes people always fall through the cracks. No system is perfect. But as a general rule going in, if you're a Singaporean, we will figure out a way to get a roof over your head. Will your roof be filled with nice things? No, but you'll have a roof. Yeah. So uh, yeah. not many Western governments, certainly not the United States of America, <laughs> has a commitment <laughs> like that. Uh, so they have these commitments that they make uh, to their people. And that's admirable. That's admirable. Yeah. And, and you know, it is a knife's edge. You know, mm. it's it's a it's a very small city state. Yep. That is, un that against all odds, became this this extremely prosperous financial power hub, right? And one and, of the wealthiest just, places in the world. And it's surrounded by poverty. Yeah. Yeah. Malaysia, don't, don't talk to your Malaysian friends. They'll probably rip you a new one, but. Come on, Malaysia. Come on, man. It's just, <laughs> shit. It, like, it's nice to go on. Certainly Indonesia. Right. To go to like private islands or something, but come on. Yeah. Right. right. If, I mean, come on. Like, yeah. it is. It, They're it, far poorer. Yeah. So much poorer. Than, it's like than, orders of magnitude right, poorer than Singapore. Than and Singapore. Malaysia is across a narrow river strait, and Indonesia is. Does it take 20 minutes to get to the closest? Indonesian island? Yeah, maybe? by boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To the like tropical that. vacation islands. Yeah. <laughs> yes, to the tropical vacation and, islands. And the resorts though over there, yeah, which are great, by the way. They great, are. Great, great. You are still but, in Southeast Asia. Where yeah, it it's is. fantastic. So all the poverty is actually great. <laughs> well, yeah. Makes your dollar go a long <laughs> way. No, but no, but you know what I mean? It's 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 knife's edge for sure. Like if they have instability. If they allow instability to foster, it's over. It's done. There's nothing to fall back on, right? Because if instability fosters, the investments go away, right? And then it's uh, over. It's done. Sure. It's done. Yeah, we should explain that. That it one of its key advertisements, so to speak, or key selling points has always been, you need a place to do business in Asia, but you don't want it to be crazy, chaotic, and third world. That's us. Right. They don't explicitly say that. No. But but the selling point is like, look how awesome this is compared to all the shitty countries where you want to do business. <laughs> right. Right? Don't so you want this to come home to? Yeah. Wouldn't you much rather live here in a nice landed property with a pool and a bunch of servants? Yes. Isn't that much that more awesome? imported. Right. <laughs> right. Um so yeah, that and you know and, on this stability I, thing, you hinted at it too. Um, obviously, this is a big deal in the United States. Race relations. Here's another example. So Singapore was kind of born out of race riots. Um, among the reasons that it got kicked out of Malaysia, it was part of Malaysia, but it got kicked out. Among the reasons were there were a bunch of race riots. Uh, racism. Look, honestly, this is another thing I learned. Racism is everywhere. Uh, racism is in Singapore, uh, racism between Chinese, between Malays, between Indians, uh, and frankly, between all the Europeans and folks from the rest of the world that have come there. It exists. So what does a government do about it? Well, they absolutely forbid it. <laughs> right, which is the best way to deal with racism. Yeah. 
No, no, no. We're not going to have any of this. Even a hint of like racist yeah, yeah. commentary or even if you're on the street and oh, you just, make hey, some dude, racist crack. Just last month, there was this incident where this guy was filmed. Uh, oh, yeah. It showed up on Stump, which is basically the citizen news site, sort of. Well, not really. It's completely moderated. But run where, by a company that is closely controlled by the government. Go on. Right, right. But completely open. <laughs> um, someone posted a video of, uh, I think it's a Chinese guy, if I remember correctly, saying to another Chinese guy who was with, there with his Indian girlfriend or the other way around. I don't exactly remember. Like, you should not date this person. You should stick with your race. Something along oh, those lines. Verboten. He got, he got fired. He got fired from his job. Uh, and then uh, I think he got prosecuted as well. And uh, yeah, just everyone just pulled his hands up. See, and know? that's the key difference. I mean, you can get fired from your job here in the US, but if you'll get yeah, for prosecuted example, for it. Using the N word, you're done yeah. forever. Well, it depends on who you are. Well, you you know, and an added dimension to this, too, uh, I mentioned the HDB flats. These are actually big towers. They're, they're really gigantic towers of, of apartments that people live in. There are mandated racial quotas yes. for the people who live in each tower. Uh, they explicitly say, we shall not have ghettos. Yeah, and they want each tower to be a reflection of uh, of the demographics of Singaporean society. Now so that you get seven, I cannot even seventy-five percent Chinese, right? Right. And when you sign up, it's like, what race are you? Uh, and I cannot. We're out of we're out of spots for your race. Right, and it's on your ID card. Yeah, my race is. Yeah, on what my did it ID say? Card. Caucasian? What did it say? Uh, I remember now. We had uh, to turn them in. I think it said Red Devil. I'm not sure whether. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and by the way, everyone does get a government issued ID card. Yeah, uh, that it has your race on it. Race matters. Yeah. Yeah, race matters. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so no identifying as anything else over over right. in Singapore for sure. But but yeah, so they strictly enforce uh uh no racism. No no so, overt racism. No overt racism. Also no, I think uh gay people. <laughs> right? right. That's the official stance on homosexuality. And so it's officially still illegal right. to be homosexual if you're a man. Right, and only a man, because that's and, that's the law that's on the books. Yeah. Yes, because that's sick and 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 you know unnatural. Whereas two women together, obviously, just pleasant for everyone. <laughs> well, <laughs> of course, no, but I mean, like that's I don't know where I think it's colonial law or something uh, from the British. It obviously. very well might be. Yeah. Uh, so all sexual acts, uh, all homosexual sexual acts, are still officially forbidden. Um, of course, these gay laws marriages are not, are not recognized. Not recognized. Yeah. The, None of this is enforced. Right. As far as I can tell, or it hasn't been in recent history. But the laws also are not changed for reasons that you alluded to earlier, because you know a certain percentage of the population might not agree with changing these laws, and that would lead to outrage and instability. And you know, right. so we have to think of, of the greater good which is the stability of Singapore. So we cannot possibly, you know, um, ideas haven't changed, haven't evolved enough for us to change these laws. And of course, a lot they, they of might. Asia is still very conservative on, right. the, on the issue right. of gay rights and LGBTQ issues and, and all of this. Um, my understanding, but, you know, that said, some brave activists, I, I don't know enough of how they got it started, have uh, an annual event called Pink Dot. And where, uh, where though, I should say, Pink Dot's like gay pride. Right, exactly. Uh, a very, you know, none of the parades, though. There's no floats. There's no, yeah. the, it's not raining men, that kind of stuff. It's not like Amsterdam. Amsterdam. <laughs> no, come on. That is not a fair comparison Ooh. to anything. <laughs> hey, that's grew up with, man. That, that, that's my. <laughs> That's you know that's how I think of gay pride. Right. It's Amsterdam, the parades and the and the naked men and the 
people grabbing your ass in the street and, you know uh, hey man it's a lived experience it was, it's a lot of fun yeah so that right there is not coming to singapore anytime no, soon? It's, it's a bunch of people with a float like with a with a with a sign saying love everyone uh but as as a foreigner you're not allowed oh yeah to attend these events so what happens is that they set up a perimeter <laughs> yes. right and you can only pass the perimeter checks if you're a Singaporean citizen. Right. I forgot about that. Because they don't don't want our progressive ideas, I think, influencing all of these people in you know, and and, and like I don't know, well, encouraging their craziness or something. I'm dare sure I say that. they don't want foreign influence. They do not want foreign <laughs> influence, indeed. Which as is their right. Right. This is the this has been well. Singapore stands on on most things since but the very beginning. But they really love foreign influence when it is direct investment dollars. Like you can and think whatever when you it want. Is wealthy people moving their money there? Oh yeah, when you're wealthy, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> go to space. Go to go to space. <laughs> Stay there. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's an idea. Don't come back. You're right. Um, yeah, but, I don't believe know. Leave me in your will. That's that's not cool, and you know I I've met gay people living in Singapore, Singaporeans and foreigners alike. Um, it's very difficult. Foreigners did so in secrecy. Yeah, basically, um, because they were nervous. Yeah, they were like, yeah. I I don't know, I'm I'm not Singaporean, I'm not sure what's gonna happen if they find out, I might get my work permit canceled, yep. or you know, and so. This is just a friend who happens to rent a room yeah. in, in my apartments. But let's, but let's be clear. It's, it's, well, two things on that. One, if they, to the not a totalitarian dictatorship idea, hmm. if they caught you in something that they were going to bust you for, uh, and you're a foreigner, so you're like us, they likely would give you the option and just say, just leave. Right. So they're not their first instinct is not to lock you up. Their first instinct is said, get out. And you can get on a plane. Right. They'll let you so, go. Right. So there's an example though of that recently that was exactly the opposite of that. Um this happened about a month ago. There was this uh Angmo, uh, which is I should explain, which is yep. basically a term meaning white guy. Well, it means red devil, I think. Yeah. Uh white devil. In one uh, of the Chinese dialects, I can't remember which. Yeah, Hokkien, or I'm not sure. Yeah, um, which is the term used? It's a colloquial term used for uh, for Western people, white people, basically yeah. anything yeah. that's not Chinese. A n g m o h, Angmo. Angmo. So uh, pretty racist, to be honest. <laughs> no, believe me, they don't. They're not being nice when they use it. No, but, yeah, but it yeah. has slowly become. It's partly it's white people taking it it's back. Term of endearment, like nope. You know, <laughs> oh no! Oh, sh oh, come it. on! No, but I mean, like, it's weird being it's weird being on the receiving end of slurs. Man. Yes. Oh yeah, it's uh, a it's a it's a racial slur. It sometimes people will use it with you jokingly, but it is absolutely a slur. If someone it calls is, you yeah. an Angmo, it, it's assume it's a slur first, and then work your way toward a nice interpretation. Yeah. Anyway, I don't. I personally don't mind. I didn't uh, care it, because you know I bathe in in privilege. So, like it's like <laughs> right. Could, hey, what are you going to call me? Like, it had white. no power. Right. Yeah, there's no power because of it, privilege. But. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Unlike of, the N word, and I'll use the right. N word, but you Europeans over there, Jesus Christ. No, no, because because honestly, you're white. You're rich and powerful. Yeah. Right. So hey, you can leave. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Oh, you want yeah. to invent a special word for me? <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun with that. Yeah. So it doesn't yeah. it doesn't really affect you. Anyway, you um, had a point way back there. Uh, way back. Oh, what was my? Oh yeah. So so there was a gentleman who, again on Stomp, there was a video of this gentleman that that that, that surfaced where he was not wearing a mask. Oh yeah. Uh, on uh, the train on the metro. Basically telling people, ah, oh, you should never wear masks. They're bad for you. I like to breathe. And someone offered him a mask and he refused. To be clear, there is a strict mask mandate in Singapore to this day. Yeah, masks everywhere. You have to wear your mask everywhere. There's, there's 
the only reason you could take it off is when you're eating or or drinking yep. <clears throat> or smoking a cigarette. So but he he just completely took off his mask on the metro where you're not even allowed to talk. Basically, you're you're well, you're discouraged from talking. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is the train network, by the way, the subway. Yeah, network. yeah, the subway. Yeah. So they're signs saying, "Please don't talk," uh, because you know it might spread COVID. Mm. He took off his mask and he was he was you know saying, "Oh, masks are horrible." He refused to wear a mask when he was asked to wear a mask. Then the police, of course, showed up the next day at his uh, apartment. Uh, he almost, you know, uh, got into a fight with the police officers who showed up. And then he showed up at court not wearing a mask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And then the judge had to ask him several times to please wear his mask correctly. And he was basically saying, man, I just want to go home. Just no. put me on a plane. And the judge went, we will. When we give you your password back, after we're done punishing you. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Sometimes they want to make an example out of you. Yeah, don't be that guy. So don't count on it. Don't count on getting right. It. Yeah, right, right, no, right. Don't, don't, don't right. Well, certainly in the midst of a once in a century global pandemic, uh, don't fuck with the system. Okay. Uh, you might be very well made an example of, especially if you are a hyper privileged Dongmo. Uh, yeah, strutting around sure. acting like the rules don't apply to you that's not going to charm many singaporeans thank god an almost identical case happened a month prior to that with a singaporean chinese lady oh yeah that, almost, she's the sovereign citizen right yeah it was like oh, i'm a sovereign citizen i don't wear masks wait to which the singaporean government of course got sure right <laughs> So she's being um, she's being um, uh, pursued for like eleven counts or something oh, of not wearing your God. mask. We, we, you know, each of those counts comes with like a ten thousand dollar fine or something. Oh, ouch! Once in prison. So I mean, they really don't fuck around. Yeah. Uh, so don't fuck around with them either. Now both of those but, are quasi related to the COVID restrictions, which honestly, right, the COVID right. restrictions are extremely tight. They have been in many Eastern countries, and we've talked in prior episodes about how for like the first year of the pandemic, that was wild, far more wildly successful than the Western approach. Uh, and now they're, they're working to get vaccinated and get up to speed without, you know, hundreds of thousands dead jerks. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, some of these are extraordinary COVID measures that that people are getting their chops busted and, for. And, and, you know, let's, let's get into that a little bit. So you haven't, you lived through the first part of the pandemic uh, whilst being in Singapore, right? You did right. the first. I was there for three months. Yeah. You did the, the, the first, what we called circuit breaker there. Yes. Circuit breaker. Not a lot. Basically uh, stay at home. Yep. Don't leave your house. Um, yeah, supermarkets were open. You could go there, uh, one person at a time. Um, yes, essential essential shopping only. Masks um, when outside no, the house at all times. No visitors. I no think. restaurants. It was all delivered food, right? I think. Yeah, everything was closed. Or takeaway. Everybody was working from home remotely, as much there as was possible. Going into the office, unless you were an essential workers, and those requirements were tight. Like it was not like you can just auto declare yourself an essential worker. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I remember at, at my wife's job, they had trouble like with how many people they needed to keep sites running. Because uh, it was very difficult to get um, a decent number of people. Permission. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that was very tight. But, but at, even after that opened up, because of all of the restrictions, combined with the fact that there was no travel, no international travel. So no tourism, right? right of any right. kind, uh, going in or going out. Right. Um, so being stuck in Singapore for 18 months with all of those restrictions mm. and, and the increased racial tensions, um, there have been crackdowns on some of the privileges or rather, I should say perceived privileges of, um, the expats, and the people who accompany them, uh, their spouses and stuff like that, when it comes to work permits uh, yeah. and the right to start companies and all of those kinds of things. Uh, things during the pandemic have become more difficult. Yeah. yeah. Significantly more difficult uh, if, you're, um, if you're from a different country. 
than Singapore. That has created a lot of tension in uh, within the expat community. Um, and being there during those 18 months with those increasing tensions and all of the restrictions, people have been going batshit insane. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like you're stuck in, 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 in the most beautiful golden cage you've ever seen and you just want to get the fuck out. Yes. Which, to be fair, you were allowed to leave at any time. You just couldn't come back. Yeah, you couldn't come back. There was no way to come back. I mean, early on, there was a system by which like, you could pay for your own quarantine when you came back. But before you got on the plane, you had to have an official letter allowing you to travel to the country. But that even closed down, right? And I know a l- whole list of people who got stuck outside of the country. Yeah. And I had to like, o- like overthrow their entire lives families uh, that were separated their kids right, trapped away at university while they're stuck really, there really, uh, really difficult situations yeah. all for of course for you know for for the better in in, in in within the context of the pandemic for the good of the society but for the good of the society but very difficult for many people um to deal with you know sometimes um deaths back at home or at yes. least know difficult situations back at home on being unable to visit their family a friend of mine his father died he could not get back right um uh so other families stepped in he still hasn't been back and 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 people are this is in asia i've had other friends who have been trapped in a similar way but that's for other other reasons but this was specifically because of singapore's uh, singapore's covid restrictions yeah and you know so yeah, to be honest, I was I was glad to leave. So, one of the first things you said to me when uh, we talked a little while ago was the the palpable sense of freedom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I actually the, felt the same thing. More along feel... like the freedom of speech dimension. Right. Because uh, right. we kind of freedom of speech, freedom of association, freedom of protest, freedom of politics, freedom, freedom, freedom. Uh, because personally, when we got back, we did like a self-imposed work from home, pretty much lockdown. There was no official lockdown. You could basically do whatever the hell you wanted. Uh, I mean, stores were restricted and blah, blah, blah. It was a mishmash, right? It was a mess. Um, but we kind of were very cautious, especially compared to some others. Uh, but man, just the sense of being, plus this, the sense of finally back being a citizen in my own country, right? Where I matter, <laughs> right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, that and, and was a huge like difference. little things, like the right of assembly. Like, for example, we were part of this group of gentlemen who would have lunch together. Yes. Every once in a while. And technically, those lunches were illegal assemblies. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. Like, we could have been arrested <laughs> at any time. So, a we- story on that, we did. We had this this group of guys who were similar to us. Look, here's what we did. Our wives got jobs in Singapore. We went over there with the hopes of working. And uh, frankly, over the span of my time there, and certainly more so the span of time that Nikolai was there, it got harder and harder for spouses to work, just harder and harder and harder. Uh, But anyway, we would hang out with a bunch of other guys who were in a similar situation as us. Started it up about six years ago, maybe seven years ago at this point. Very funny thing. We were sitting there having our lunches as we do, and we were about six guys. And as you say, Nikolai, that's technically illegal. You needed to ask for permission to be an actual group meeting with an actual purpose. Now, our purpose was purely social, but doesn't matter. You are a group meeting with purpose. So what the hell are you doing? You know. So we had these funny pair of guys that would show up periodically, um, both ethnically Chinese. And that's not necessarily a giveaway, but it's like, oh, you know, what are, what are you guys all about? So there was a younger guy and a slightly older guy. Uh, the slightly older guy came a handful of times uh, and uh, would like talk up his business venture. The other young guy would sit there and eat his food, listening, saying nothing, until occasionally he would pipe up and say, but the government is doing this. The government is working on improving that. The government is, has those rules in place for a reason. And we'd Sounds all go... completely legit. 
Sounds completely legit. And after one year to the day, they never came again. Hmm. So and we still believe they were government spies. Right? I, I I believe it firmly. You cannot convince me otherwise. Yeah. They were one hundred percent government spies. Yeah, checking on us. Yeah, For that's sure. a, a bunch of foreign guys getting together. So we have a story. This is more anecdotal, but some good friends of mine they started a similar kind of group. Hey, let's all get together and hang out because we have common interests. Bunch of foreign guys. Oh, foreign guys. What is your common interest? Well, we're in the security and military industries. Ding, 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 ding. Red flags going off everywhere. <laughs> they got told to shut down. Oh, uh, really? Yep. They got told, if you want to continue to have these social gatherings, you are going to register your group. So how did they find out? How were they? How, were they? how do they find anything out? But they were told, wow, crazy, right? Yeah. So they actually were shut down. Oh, wow. Yeah, so for sure... These two other guys sure. were checking us out. Yeah, they were checking us out, man. And then they realized that we were worse than harmless. We were actually just shiftless and, and, and yeah, worthless. And they were right. Wow. So, so, they, so they quit, uh, yeah, they quit coming. But that, that was very, that, that's an example of the kind of thing that happens. But wow, again, yeah. beautiful place, free place, hell of an opportunity. Oh, this is something I haven't talked, just on the good side of Singapore. Look, for me, I had never lived in a big city. Nikolai, you have. But I had never lived in a big multinational, you know, city, global city like that before. And this chance for a merger, right, small city, Midwestern boy, I took the, the grass out of my mouth and took off my overalls and I hung them in the closet and I put on pants, which are trousers if you're British, and huh. came over there. And it's a real mix of East and West and it's a vibrant place of entrepreneurial activity, right? And, and constantly moving forward. There are the challenges that you just talked about for foreigners there. But it's truly an exciting place uh, to live. Uh, an exciting place to live. Um, and we hated to leave it on all those dimensions. And um, I don't see us moving back simply because we recorded this podcast. And because... <laughs> Yeah, we're done now. <laughs> <laughs> we're never, never getting a visa to I'm go back. I'm getting canceled for actually pronouncing the M word. Uh, and then I, 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 I won't be allowed into Asia. And, yes. and then at some point, China's going to disappear me. So it's all up. And there it is. Right. So China will take it over and no Westerners in anyway. Uh, yeah, but just a, a beautiful, developed, exciting, well-run, efficient place uh, but you have to know, as the founding father, Lee Kuan Yew said, you have to know what the out-of-bounds markers are. And uh, they'll never tell you explicitly, because the moment you do, the moment you know a rule, you can game a rule. So you have this vague idea of what the out-of-bounds markers are. Don't cross them. You're good. You can live an incredibly free and interesting life. Uh but if you chafe against those out-of-bounds markers um, for whatever reason, and we do, we know some of the folks, Singaporeans, oh, yeah. who live there, who chafe against those. Um, back to gay rights for just a moment. Um, again, gay marriages are not permitted, and you go, okay, well, can't you just have this person live with you in your house? Sure, for as long as they're on a visitor's permit, a visitor's visa, which, what, can they be there like, you know, two months? And then your spouse has got to leave again. Yeah, uh, that's no way to live, right? No. So you're not going to get those couples coming like that. Um, but again, just a, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I loved it there. Um, when the time came to leave, we were okay with it. But it was wonderful. So many friends that I made there, uh, interesting people that I met. Um, wonderful again, efficient city. I love their commitment to everybody. I love that commitment to everybody. I would love to bring that ethos to the United States somehow. Um, Europe has more of that, but we don't. Um, but yeah, there are these uh, weird flaws. All right, I'll call them flaws. Uh, They're there that, that I don't miss. You know, our experience was overwhelmingly positive. 
overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Um, it's opened my eyes to Asia. Yes. Right. For sure. Uh, learned so much about Asia there and all of the other countries that I visited while I was there. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Um, you know, I, and now I know it's not a city in China, finally. <laughs> yes. Well, I had to look it up on a map. Now, my, now my wife has been a global business traveler for a long time, so she knew where it was. But, you know, when she came home and said, hey, do you want to move to Singapore? Sure, where the hell's that? <laughs> I had to look it up. And in Texas? Uh, hold yeah, right, exactly. Uh, yeah, and you know what you said about opening your eyes to Asia? Oh, hell yes. I started reading Asian history and learning about all of the various Asian cultures and knowing the Asian people took Mandarin classes for a year. Ah, oh, I love all of it. Uh, wouldn't trade any of that. It just, you really do feel like a citizen of the world when you've had that opportunity to get out of that Western bubble. Yeah, for sure. And come on, salted egg. Oh, salted egg chicken, salted egg. Salted egg fish skin. Come on. Yes. Who would have thought that one day one of my favorite snacks would be salted <laughs> egg fish? Skin. I can't even describe the flavor. What is that flavor? It's salted egg. I don't know what else to call it. It's exactly what you it's exactly what it says. It's salted egg. You take but egg it's got a particular flavor. Uh, and I love char kway tiao. And a good mm. laksa is good. Um, oh, I fell in love with Din Tai Fung, which is uh, Chinese dumplings. Oh, yeah, basically. yeah for sure. Uh, Bao uh, fell, fell in love with uh, Din Tai Fung. We're going to try to go to a Din Tai Fung uh, where we're traveling in a couple of weeks, man. There's one there. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. It's that should gonna... bring back some memories, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Kaya. I love Kaya. Oh, yeah. Kaya toast. Oh, yeah. yeah for Kaya toast. Yeah. Which, Kaya is basically like, how would you describe it? What is I, it? Again, uh, I don't know. Again, it, it, <laughs> it is like an egg coconut. But green, right? Uh, it's green. What makes it green? Isn't it green, pan, Kaya? Yeah, yeah. It's egg coconut pandan. Oh, pandan. Uh, the jelly, I guess. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of weird. The food it's is very amazing. Good. It's trite to say it about Singapore, but man alive is the food good. Oh, come on. You you come for the food, you stay for the lack of democracy. No. <laughs> Hold on, what was it? Hang on, hang on. <laughs> hang on. No, I come for the tax uh, evasion. Yes, I, you uh, stay for the food. You stay, stay for, for the food. The food. <laughs> right, there you go. Exactly. There is no, no but, corruption in Singapore. There is no tax evasion. Again, overwhelmingly positive experience, even if there are some things that, you know, that, that do go against our Western sensibilities. Yes. Um, and of course, you know, as we've said many times here on, on the podcast, we were guests there. That's right? exactly right. So we had the option of exit and we lived lives of inc incredible privilege. Yes. So, you know. I always viewed my role there as not to change their society. Uh, yeah, to exactly. to yeah. to not forcefully attack it, and but at the same time, you know, now I'm back here, and um, hey, and I want to I, forcefully attack it. Well, <laughs> I I get to criticize what I don't agree with, right? Um, right. You know, I'm not living there. I'm not trying to change their politics or their policies. Um, I wish it was freer, just more as like a general rule right? More politically freer, just as a general rule, because those are my values. They're, and I also think that they are good values, universal values. Not sure they will work out for Singapore, though. And so. that's the challenge. <laughs> it worked. Yes. And it works. It it's works an enormous challenge to Western sensibilities. Mm. And and I have this grand idea, I guess, or whatever, but like the Chinese Communist Party, just do the PAP playbook. You can be a one-party country with a vast amount of freedoms and have near total control over everything that matters without being what Chinese communists, what China, what China is becoming, mm. right? They are a model for a more free China. It's hopeless to think that like a China is going to become a Western country. That's stupid. 
but they could, could become, become Singapore. Singapore. It could become Singapore. If it does, I might move there. There you go. <laughs> because again, it is the freest unfree place with just amazing life. The freest uh, unfree place. Or is it the most unfree freest place? Which one which one would you? I don't wait. That's a, that's a nice way to wrap it up. Yeah. 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 It's getting late for you, man. Yeah, man. I got to run. Yeah. Uh, this was fun. This was a long one, folks, but uh, we're decompressing after our, our big experience of, of, of uh, living in Asia. Um, and obviously, we'll return to some of these themes in the future. But, uh, oh, I should hit the good news. We, we yeah. always have the, Play the happy music. There it is. And it's I do happy. have happy music that relates to Singapore. Oh, really? So check it out. This is from the Good News Network. Precious rainforests are being preserved at highest rate in 30 years after palm oil moratorium in Indonesia. Oh. So they're clearing the least amount of land in Indonesia. Again, Indonesia is right next door to Singapore. What's the problem here? The way they clear these fields is by burning them. And so periodically you have massive plumes of smoke that coat huge parts of Southeast Asia. It's horrible to live through, frankly. It's yeah. Like it's so living in a campfire and you can't escape it. Uh, but Joko Widodo, the current president of Indonesia, has been cracking down on this, looking for better ways. And apparently last year was one of the best years on record. Nice. That is good news. Isn't that good news? That is good news. Good news Thank that we news, understand Edward. viscerally from living there. So. Yeah. Now I don't have to wear my mask anymore. No. Uh, yeah, you do. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Nikolai, you take care, man, and happy uh, Bastille Day. Yeah, thanks. You too, man. Talk yeah. soon. All right. Bye-bye.